Hank and Walter on Worcester. I'm Hank Stoltz. He's Walter Bird. It is a co-production of News and Talk Radio, AMA 30 WCRN and Worcester Magazine. And we're very pleased to have sitting with us today the police chief of the second largest city in New England, Steve Sargent. Chief, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Chief. Chief, I just, I just want to start out. Give everybody a little bit of, of your background. A lot of years on the force and in some ways born into it. Your father an officer and your son an officer. Yes, my father 30 years on, 35 years on the job, most in patrol, uniform division, did most of his career in patrol. I um, went to uh, Burncourt High School, so I'm a Worcester kid, came in, took, went to the military, was in the military police for a couple of years over in Germany, got out, took the test, got on the job at 1986, spent the first few years in operations in uniform, uh, ended up in the ga- uh, detective bureau, went to the gang unit, did gangs off and on for 13 years. Sergeant, Sergeant in the gangs, Lieutenant Sergeant, um, always a going joke, you know, that uh, the Sergeant, Sergeant is always something. And now it's Chief Sergeant. Yeah, Chief Sergeant, Sergeant Chief, yeah. rank. I've had every rank from Private Sergeant <laughs> in the military to Corporal Sergeant to Specialist Sergeant to Sergeant, Sergeant, Lieutenant Sergeant. Well, once you're Captain Chief Sergeant, they yeah. probably don't say much to your face anymore. That's, yeah, no, no, that's no, right, right, right. It still brings a giggle. It, 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 people... Most people will say, were you a sergeant, sergeant? And I'll say, yes, I was at one time, sergeant, sergeant. Yes. So your father was a, was a police officer? Yep, retired lieutenant, yes. And your son is, is following in the footsteps as well? My son works in the patrol division. He's been there two and a half years, three years on the job now. So. You just talked about the time that you spent in the gang unit. One thing that I, I hear from, from people is that they just think that it's more violent on the streets today than it was 20 years ago. Is that something that every generation says? You've lived through it. Is it, is it more violent today than it was 30, 20, 10 years ago? I think the violence from the younger, the younger generation as far as the youth, there's always been violence. It is a violent. Anytime you're involved with gangs or anytime you're involved with any of those those young people that just that that's all they want to do is is get involved in that gang life it's it's going to be violent but we're seeing that they are younger and younger yes you know in the mid-teens 14 15 carrying guns so yes the the it is a different culture it is a younger culture that is getting involved with the gang life fists in you know fists in uh chains to knives to now to guns to guns and, and, and to the knives and still using the knives if they can't find a gun, but they are more violent. There's no doubt that the violence starts at a younger age and, you know, it perpetuates throughout their life until it's just... So as chief in 2016, how do you combat that? Well, being in the neighborhoods, being part of the neighborhoods, being part of the fabric of the neighborhoods, letting the, you know, giving them options, whether it's through the schools through the school department or just through our own gang unit and our own programs, offering up the programs, keeping them busy, knowing who they are, knowing their families, and you know, just getting getting to them in a, in a lot of different ways, whether it be through the system, whether it be schools, whether it be through their family, through the churches, whatever it may be. We start young, we teach them young. If we can pull a few of them away, you know, eventually, there'll be less and less violence now we're not going to be able to get rid of all of them and hope you know we always go on the suppression too you need to you certainly need to suppress their activities you know you need to suppress so that is part of it arrest is certainly part of it it's it, it sometimes that's easier because it's right in front of you you make the arrest the intelligence part of it is what we do too is is finding out who's doing what how violent they are and those that we can save we save through our prevention mm-hmm. programs and our intervention programs that's what I'm kind of um, excited about it because um, 
you know, the chief has a reputation of being, um, you know, well, you are. You're a city guy. You know a lot of people. When you're on a gang unit, you were involved in a little, because the gang unit does a lot of stuff with, with inner city kids, um, a lot of hoops, a lot of things like that. So there's relationships there, and I like that you're, that, you know, you're going to bring that philosophy with you as a chief, you know, to get out and get to know the kids and let them know you, which is why, because I, mean, I think that that, Hank, to me, that's the biggest thing. That, yeah, it's more dangerous, but there's, it's the lack of respect right now. Mm. I, I've never seen such a level of lack of respect for not just police, authority in general, but definitely police. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's foreign to me. I, I, I just, I don't, I can't comprehend it. Um, you know, and, but you hear prominent people too, you know, going on TV, uh, saying that, um, you know, well, it's not just a few bad, there's a, a, you know, most cops are bad. I don't get it. They're not. I, I just, I don't understand it. And um, when we look at the city as a whole, I, I just don't see, you know, what we hear. And by the way, we hear it from like a, a vocal few. You know, um, there's just a few people that, that I think are loud enough to come out and say, you know, we have problems with the police. But uh, I think the way that you combat that and the way that you um, that you change, you know, the, the image, um, well, not the image, but the way you change, the way kids think of them is to go right to them. Yeah. It's all perception, too. So the perception, if they perceive what they see in, in the right. news, if they see police involved with every, you know, they're, they're not putting the feel-good stories out there. It's usually the one time around the country something could have happened in California, yep. and they're going to they're gonna perceive that that's what happens here. So our job is to get out there and show them that we're not like that. Well, has that part of the job, again, I guess I'm back to your to your experience. Uh, how many years was it all together now? This is your, your 30th? 30th. In the 30th, city. Yeah. 30th. 30th. So in that, in that 30 years, the type of policing that was done in the city, because you're talking about being out there, being in the neighborhoods, the, the foot patrols, is that something that you're you're bringing back? Has that been back for a, for a while? Did you have that 30 years ago when it changed at some point? Well, I go, I, I like this, we call it community policing. Everybody wants to call it community policing. I just call it policing yeah. because prior to this, the Vietnam War era, 60s and 70s is really when late 70s or mid 80s, I mean, so that time period, police were part of the system and they became, you know, everything, even our department, look at our building, it looks like a fortress because that's, it was probably designed in the 50s and 60s. So that's what, that's how they built, that, that's how they, they built the buildings, everybody's worried about the, the, the bomb and they're worried about this, they're worried about that, but they weren't worried about the police being in the neighborhoods. So the police got away from the neighborhoods. So what they would do is they'd answer the 911 calls, they'd answer calls, yes, you know, the old just the facts ma'am, they'd go from here to, you know, to this call, to that call, yeah. and, and, and that would be it. The investigators would try to investigate, if they could, they could. So the only time they seen a police officer was when there was a problem while driving by in a cruiser. Yeah. But prior to the prior to the sixties and seventies, let's everybody knew the local cop. Everybody knew. So the first hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty years of policing in America, they were in the neighborhoods. That was the only way they could do business. They walked, you know, they were in they were in the whether it be the Italian neighborhood, right. the Irish neighborhood, the Polish neighborhood, the Jewish neighborhood, but they would be in their neighborhoods. They would right. be the one the, the, the cop you would see walking down the street. So I think we got away from it for a short period of time, 25, and we're just, we're just doing what policing ought to be, which is being part of the neighborhood. The, 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 you, know, you always say, well, you could, you could kick, those days you could kick the kid in the butt and bring him home. Well, you could still do that because, well, because the parent knew the cop. 
but if you do that now and you don't, if the parent's going to say, what are you doing with my kid? Right, because right. they don't know the police officer. But if that police officer is in the neighborhood and they know that police officer, when I worked in the Valley, I would bring kids home all the time and say, hey, your kids, you know, he's out there. They would grab him and they would take care of business because they knew who I was. Right. Now, we're just bringing that back. If they know who the police officer or they know a police officer, then and they, their perception of that police officer is a positive is a positive encounter, which most most of our encounters are positive as long as we're out there doing, you know, in the neighborhoods or in the streets or, in, or, or, or wherever it may be, they're going to be mostly positive encounters. The times that there's a problem, then we take care of that problem and, and they understand it. But if it's the only time we're in there is when there's a problem, then the perception is going to be that we're just thugs, take you know, do, doing you know, doing what we, you know, just making arrests and, and like, like the schools, I'll use the SROs for an example. Right. We've talked about that. The, those that, you know, the, the, the public, the, the part of the public that doesn't think that police should be in the schools, they don't understand that during that whole day, they could have, you know, 15 positive encounters with that officer. When they, if their officer's not in there, and then they have the fight in the school, then the officer comes in and he's pulling out, and he's, it's always a negative. There's always something negative going on. He goes home, oh, while the police are, the police are at the school, and you know they they ripped this kid out of school. He needed to be arrested. There was a problem. So, but the average kid is going to see 15, 20 positive encounters that day. Maybe a hundred encounters, positive encounters before that one incident where they have to step in. And, that's the side of the issue that I think we're not hearing, well, I know we're not hearing. When it comes to the school resource, it's uh, the school resource officer. We hear critics say, you know, about the, the school to prison pipeline. We hear them say that, well, more kids are going to get arrested. And uh, I think that more kids were arrested. Um, however, here's, here's the problem with that. My way of thinking, and it's probably why I'm not a police officer, uh, but it's just what the chief just said. Number one, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be far more positive uh, interactions than negative. Number two, if those kids weren't getting arrested before, does that mean that they weren't doing the stuff? Well, they were. So what was happening? They were either getting let go or they were getting suspended and then they were coming back and then they were getting suspended and they were coming back. Um, it, we had interactions with police when we were younger and it taught us to be respectful. I think that's how I think you change perception is having them in the schools. And if we could somehow change the dialogue from, well, they're in the schools to arrest our kids, which they're not, they're in the schools to just be a presence. Keep them safe, but also change that that dialogue and change that perception of that dialogue, really. And that's that's what bothers me the most is that I, I think you know I don't think Hank until you're on the other side or until you deal with police when they're in the line of work that you really understand. And you know I've been candid. We talked about this briefly. I mean, in the last year or so, you know, with with how my life has changed, I mean, I've interacted with the police on different ways with the police. And I'm telling you right now. That's why I take it really personally, and I think it's why a lot of my attitudes have changed, because they're not thugs. I've seen these guys and gals deal with situations that I wouldn't have handled. I mean, you know, I know how I would have handled them, but, uh, but they didn't. Um, they, they, it's, just, it's a totally different, what I'm seeing and what I've seen is totally different than what you hear. People show up to council mm. meetings and they say, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. It's just not... Uh, the well, reality isn't, isn't jiving in my mind. It's just it, not, well, in essence, in, re, in response, we had uh, Superintendent Maureen Benenda come in, come in and yeah. she also said that she was in favor of the police being in the yeah. in the schools. 
So I guess my point would be it's not as if you decided, oh, we should be in the schools. Everything is sunshine and rainbows. Geez, let's go in there and, and inject a police presence. You're coming because the schools are asking or a number of people in our community are asking police to be there because they're hearing about problems in the school. Some of it may be perception, but they're hearing about last year fights at, uh, at North High. Thankfully, we haven't heard that as much this year but we were we were hearing those types of stories sure it was actually their call to bring the police into full time that was through we, we sat down as a group and they asked our opinion obviously i i think it's a great idea and i think it's it's a great concept and it's a great tool it, it's great for the schools but it was their call it wasn't our call to just put police officers in these schools it was actually the superintendent as, as a, in, in a mutual decision but it was it was certainly uh the form, the, the previous yeah. uh, superintendent's call. Is Worcester safe? I yes, Worcester is a safe city. Absolutely, I believe Worcester is a safe city. It's, a, you know, we have our problems that any urban area will have. We, our police department and, and our community partners, we work hard together to, to, you know, to to quell problems when they come in. We work together and for the for the, uh, you know, the. the um, you know the, the socioeconomic problems and also you know the you know just the quality of life issues so if you start at the bottom and you do you know you work at those quality of life issues the rest just kind of fall into place and I, our, our police department our men and women our police department do a tremendous job working at every level of policing a lot of things i think have changed and, and chief i want to ask you you know over the last couple of years um one of the things that i really uh came to admire about your predecessor was there was a change, there was a willingness to change some, some forms of policing, for instance, with, um, with prostitutes. Um, there was a change in A, going after Johns, but also when, these, when they would bring these women in, um, there were times when you would actually offer them the option, jail or, or recovery. You want to go to a, to a treatment program or do you want to go to jail? Um, where, how are you on those things? And, and will those types of efforts continue and, and grow? Well, we started. I was the captain in the vice squad when we started those programs. So, absolutely, yeah. yes. That's. Uh, I'm a big advocate. We can't arrest our way out of that particular problem. There are people they, that criticize that line of thinking. I happen to agree with it. You we, can't arrest we, your way out. We can arrest them, and, and arrest actually starts them, starts the process of recovery yep. for some. For some, they're just going to continue to do what they did till they realize that that the the addiction is 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 overpowering, or they die, unfortunately. So, the. Uh, Yes, uh, that's the only. That is probably the most, you know, on a lot of not just prostitution, but you know, on a number of different sure. arrests. You know, it's some of them will stop and some of them will take the. But we have to offer it up, and and with the uh, with our social partners, it, it, it has been successful. So we have gotten a lot of women off of off the streets and off of uh, heroin. You know what um, I really uh, liked about this this promotion? Um, there was no controversy around it. We had the, um, when the city manager came on board, there was all this controversy. I haven't heard one negative thing about Chief Sergeant, um, and, and, and I dare say I don't think we will, um, and that's not to, to kiss up. I think we got a guy here who, now granted you haven't been tested yet, I guess there'll be, there will be issues that happen. Um, but I think it is the fact that um, that you are a local guy, that you are a guy that people have kind of grown up with. Um, you do seem to have this um, this infectious kind of energy, um, you know, and, and this kind of positiveness. Um, I, I just it, it was kind of a, a breath of fresh air, really, because it wasn't there wasn't just all true. to this guy. I mean, it, it, it went very smoothly. very smooth transition. And you're right; you don't always 
you don't always see that. I, I think there's probably people in the in the city who don't even realize that there has been uh, a transition. It, it, it has been very smooth. Having said that, over 30 years, I'm sure that there were things that, that you had in your mind that you say, when I get to be chief, if I get to be chief, I want to do. What are some of those things, and are you beginning to implement those? Well, we have, I just, actually, we met yesterday, the command staff, so there are a few incremental things that we are going to start off on. We still need the class to come out, the 30, the 30 new offices, when they're assimilated into the department, will certainly make uh, wide, wide range changes, but we, we're still doing it in, in small increments. But yes, I'd like, there's, there's, a, there's a few things, like one of the things is a neighborhood response team, I want to call it a neighborhood response team. We will respond to not only long-term, short-term issues, I should say, not only the short-term issues of the neighborhood, it's going to be assigned directly to crime analysis, so they're going to be, they're going to be working with our computer people, our crime analysis personnel, and, you know, looking at the, the short-term, the small problems mm -hmm. or the, or the, the short-term problems that can be taken care of immediately, and also some of the long-term problems that we've dealt with some of them for over 20 years. I go to a community meeting, and I've been to many community meetings over the years, and a lot of times the same issues will come up, whether it be a certain building. Uh, so this group will, will not only work on the enforcement side, but work with, uh, with, with whether it be licensing or, or you know, us, whatever it may be that they need permits. We'll work with all of them to make sure that everything's being done right. So they need to come to the table and clean up their own buildings. And the, the city manager already has a group, his, his quality of life group, but on the enforcement side, on the police side, being in the neighborhoods, whether it be if they need a few, if they need foot beats, if they need undercover, whatever it may be, we're gonna to respond to those issues. So that's one of the, 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 one of the first things. We're starting it in a smaller group, but when the class comes out, we'll expand that group as long as it's successful, but we'll tweak it along the way. It's all about, you know, you know, if if it doesn't work the way we want it to work, then we'll you we'll 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 find something else that will work. But we, it will work. It does seem to me as we're talking that there's a few different ways then that the police approach things. And I'm I'm thinking now of the the opioid epidemic. So there is, you know, that the, the patrol is going by, somebody's doing something wrong, you stop, you arrest them, or or whatever the action should be. But it does seem as if a lot of what you're talking about with the community policing, or as you say, just policing really is this prevention mode how do you kind of stop this or be a, a part of the the neighborhoods and the community so that it doesn't get going i'm i'm taking it from some of this conversation that there's there's only a relatively small percentage who are the real real bad guys who are really violent who are really you know perhaps dealing that the, the drugs are involved in some of the the worst of the of the worst it seems as if maybe we can reach some of the others oh absolutely and I use it in the gang unit. I use these numbers many times over for a lot of different issues. And if you use, if you if you go by once again a group of gangs, just to logistically say there's a hundred kids, five, fifteen, eighty. Five percent is is that that violent, violent crew. They, there's nothing they're gonna, there's nothing we can do with them but suppress and lock them up. They need to go to jail. They're, they're going to do this for the rest of their lives. And you know, you, you want to save the world, but there's just that percentage. It's just it's just not going to happen. We got to lock them up. We got to keep them in jail. We got to constantly, when they get out, we got to keep an eye on them because they're going to go back in and they're going to hurt somebody while they're out here. So that's that's what we have to do with them. Fifteen percent. The next fifteen is is the half of those. You know, there's eight or seven. You know. They could certainly 
go the right way. You can save them. They, they, you know, they decide they, they, they evolve out, but they, they need, just need a way to get out of, of the activities, whatever it may be. Uh, the other seven, they could be just part of the 5%. You know, they can go either way also. They can just mm. admire those 5% so much that they become violent and they're just going to spend the rest of their lives in jail, unfortunately. The other 80% are just young people who've made mistakes. And they, you know, they represent something that they don't understand at first and they become a part of it. And we, is using the gang unit as an example, once again, is that, that 80%, we can help. We can, you know, whether it be a small job, a part-time job, getting them back in school, helping them, bring them to the youth center to get their GED. So as long as those, as long as we have those options for them, and what we do, I mean, WIS has done a great job, you know, having these options, whether, you know, they're not always, a lot of people don't understand, don't realize that they're there these all these options but you know part of our job and you know part of us as a community is to make sure that these kids have those options and you know we help them come to those that cheap percent that we can save what do you think of the uh, the local media <laughs> i worked at the telegram and gazette for seven years you did. So you did. I'm, 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 I'm a uh, i love the local media what I can we at, how can we I drop bundles off i threw bundles off you, you, you didn't write I, I actually did for uh, Nick Manzello. I was a did you really? Uh, a stringer, they called him. You'd go out to yeah, the games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You'd go, to the, you'd go to the games, and all you needed to do was quote one person, the best player. Try to grab the best player. That's right. Whoever had the 25 points at a basketball game, and then just write the score. And one yeah, that's how I started out was as a stringer. I don't even know if they had, I don't even know if they used stringers anymore. So we did Nick Usually, Manzello. Walter, you bring that up. What do you think about the local media right before you ask that question that really pisses somebody off? Is that what, have, <laughs> is that what the setup was here or no, no. You're, you're referring to the to, to the fact that perhaps uh relations have not always been the best i mean you know the relations haven't always been great um you know obviously and and i think that you know there's this culpability on both sides what what can the media this is a question i don't think i've ever asked what what do you think the media can do to help you know obviously we, we're still going to report news but um how, how can the relationship get better or or can it get better and i'm we're, just, we're talking about oh, this media in general on, on your side what you got because you're going to tell me what i should do so let me <laughs> tell you i just just fairness that's yeah. all that's all we ask for is fairness if if there's a good positive article in it it, it should stay positive and it should be a good positive article we're going to take our hits it's it's part of my business we've got 500 police officers we're out on the streets answering 120,000 calls Things are going to happen. There's no doubt about it. But uh, just give my offices and, and my department a fair shake. That's all we ask for. Well, one thing that, that's changed, and this certainly, I, I think, was uh, was a big push of Chief Gems, and he was a real technology guy, of, of course. Uh, everything was was cutting edge. But making sure that, right, I mean, you, you guys kind of had your own, well, you do have, obviously, your, your liaisons, but, I mean, you, you tweeted out your own stories, your Facebook, people were able to find stories. I mean, that's a whole new ball game, Walter, than, you know, yeah, and, it, it is. And, and, I, and the way I think that it used cases, to be to get information. Right, and I think in some cases, you know, the media felt like, oh, they're putting out their own their own stuff. But I think, you know, I also think the relationship, it's a two-way street, and, and, and I've, you know, I've, and I've said this before, and, I, and I'll say it again, um, you know, we, I don't believe that we as reporters can just expect that, you know, the way that we're doing it is the right way and that, um, you know, they owe us this, they owe us that. And I think sometimes that we approach it that way. Um, I think sometimes we think that way. Uh, I, I think that there's, you know, there, there's there's a middle ground to be had, um, you know, and, and I also think that sometimes you can have a disagreement and then it can just blow up. 
You know, and uh, I, I think with the media and the, I honestly, I honestly think the media and the police have more in common than they don't. I really do. Um, there is a distrust inherent. You go to any community, it's not just Worcester. You go to any community, and I've been in tons of them that I've covered. No police department has ever said, hey, let's invite the press to our Christmas party. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but I do, but we are, you know, reporters are just, we're like this, we're an insecure bunch of people, and, you know, we're, we're kind of a little loopy and, you know, a little off color and off center, and, um, you know, when, when you're with police off-duty or, or if you're, you know, in the locker room, they're off-color and off-center kind of, too. I mean, there's a lot more common, I think, than, than we think. Well, and, and we're not trying to I use your term. We're not trying to scoop you when we do that. Right, we, right. We like, but public relations, it's, it's important to me, and I think it's important that we get some of our message out, whether it be the police academy. And, you know, so some of it will be... We'll be putting things out, and it right, but yeah, it has also made our job easier. Right. Yeah, <laughs> some that's true. But, but yeah, but but respect and best way to you're right about so that the shared part of it, uh, and obviously, I mean, the fourth estate has its own its own job to do. But the, the shared part of it would be to keep the public informed. Yeah, and that is and that is part of it because we are, are just dead out of time. Uh, as we as you head forward, do you have enough? You, you've talked about the recruit class. Do we have enough police officers on the street? Is the budget sufficient for the job that the police need to do in 2016 to keep the city safe? Well, we'll the 367 number that we have now appears to be sufficient for the, for the time. The, we, the number is 367, but what happens is because of attrition, right. it disappears. So this, we have 329 police officers. I went through the numbers this morning. 329. We'll add the 28. So that just, that's still only bringing us because of attrition from this last class, which would have brought us to the 367. We're already down. I think that's 359. We're already down eight offices. And then I know that, you know, that we have a few that, are, that have to leave this year and some that are going to leave this year. So okay. that now, and it's, it's a year long process. We've already asked for another class and hopefully, you know, it gets the ball rolling and we get that class through and in as quick as we can to stay at that 367, at least at that 367, because then we can do all the other things that we want to do. I got nothing more to add. Very good. That. That I actually seems, don't have anything that, to say for once. Usually when I say that's it, we have to wrap up. That's your cue to, like to come minutes. up for about another four or five minutes or, or, or so. Chief Sergeant, thank you so much for coming in and, and speaking Thanks with lot, us. We, uh, we, we appreciate it. Walter, as always, great to, uh, to be here in the lovely offices of Worcester Magazine, where we tape our podcast. And thanks to you for listening. It is Hank and Walter on Worcester, a co-production of Worcester Magazine and News and Talk Radio, AM 830 WCRN.